You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 146. And this week I have an amazing guest by the name of Jason Swank. Jason, thank you for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, James. Uh, yeah, I'm really interested to, to dig through your sort of process of, of growing an agency from like basically the ground through to potentially selling if, if people are into that. And I got to say, I absolutely love your what's the word, like metaphors, like around the mountain climbing kind of thing. I dig that. How'd you come up with that? Well, you know, I moved to Colorado a couple of years ago and always been fascinated. The mountains have been calling me. So always wanted to do something with the mountains. And I always look at everything I do as kind of climbing a mountain. And so I just started putting it all together. It does feel like that sometimes growing a business is like climbing a mountain and then like kind of falling off the edge a little bit. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. backtracking or going, I don't want to climb that damn mountain. I'll climb another one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sit on my ass today and hang out here in this tent. Yeah. I love That's it. Right. So are you, are you an outdoorsy man? Do a bit of hiking? I'm, I'm always outdoors. When I'm indoors, the only time I'm indoors is doing a podcast or working with my mastermind. If, <laughs> if, or I'm outside skiing, snowboarding, climbing, biking, whatever it is. Yeah, I love it. I and I mean, Colorado is an amazing part of the world for that kind of thing. I, I came back from Colorado, I don't know, I think it was 2016 or something. I was there and was going on to my wife about how much I, I love it. And she's like, Can we not move there, please? I want to stay here. Like, that's how much I was raving about it. She thought I was going to convince her to move there. <laughs> that's how my wife was. But I, I'm a, I, I got lucky uh, with convincing her. <laughs> yeah, nice. I think you're a little bit closer though, getting her to pack up her life from Australia and <laughs> move to the that US. is true. Yeah, yeah, you it. got me there. <laughs> All right, so let's dig into it. I think, um, I mean, we've got people listening to this from all over, you know, various stages of their agency journey. So, you know, I, I think you'll probably have a a good idea of where we need to focus in. But I'll and I'll kind of ask some questions along the way. But like. Let's just start at the beginning, you know, like a bit of an outline of your steps that you think people have to go through. Yeah. So I look at it as there's kind of six stages of the of the mountain that you need to climb, right? And you don't need to do all six. Some people never want to reach the summit. But like if you look at kind of the first stage, I really call this staging. And this is and you'll know when you're in staging, when you're really kind of struggling with getting clarity around your niche or your offering, right? And so when you actually start diving in and actually defining your niche, you can actually move out of staging and next to the next level. But so many people struggle with this step because they're like, there's something around their mind going, well, if I niche down, I'm going to be saying no to so many people. But if you niche down, I can't. I can't think who said this. Riches are in the niches, um, and they really are. Like, think about if we were selling a book just for salespeople, we would charge what ten dollars. But if we actually came out with a book that said B two B salespeople selling to 
the content management system technology, you could probably charge a lot mm. more for that. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. That makes like, this is, you know, a lot of people talk about and niching down, I guess. Do you think that choosing a, a niche around like, I don't know, a vertical, so like um, accounting or something like, is that necessary? Absolutely necessary for the agency journey? I think so. Mm. Because think about, you know, so many people think that they need a lead generation system right off the bat, but they're trying to go after everyone and then they struggle with it. Well, they struggle with it because it's not relating to anybody. They're positioned in the wrong way. And if you don't understand what the outcome someone wants that you're going after, what their biggest challenges are, how it makes them feel, and showing them a pathway to get there, like saying, I understand what you're going through, you know, they're not going to relate to you. Yeah. Um, and your close rate is going to go way down. You're going to be basically racing to the bottom with your prices. Uh, and I don't want to win that race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. So something I'd just like to talk about, because I've noticed this, you know, really close to home uh, in our business uh, lately. And this is not in our agency. This is uh, our software product. So I th- it really matters what niche you choose to. Like a lot of people just pick something and kind of run with it or, you know, like there's very so many different ways to choose what niche you go into. But we recently have focused a lot on accounting for our software product. We started with digital agencies uh, and, and a lot of freelancers use our product for collecting website content for, from their clients. Um, turns out accountants need to chase information uh, from their clients too. But what I find really interesting is that so the tool we use for metrics allows us to put in the industry and split up like lifetime value and um, churn rate and um, conversion rates, all this stuff by industry. Our lifetime value on accounting is 3x what it is for agencies, three freaking times. So it's like, you know, we're not even really growing in number of customers, but our revenue continues to grow every month. And I guess like that was, that's been a huge lesson for me. Like I knew that kind of thing was possible, but I didn't think 3x. So that's like, it really shows how niche selection can play in. Well, and also too, you want to charge enough where it actually makes someone stop and go, wow, this person is 10 times more than everyone else. What am I missing? Yeah, nice. And when you niche down and you have, and you're the, the specialist, you, you know, that that's easier to do. Mm. How do you feel about like potentially so, so niching down without, I guess, completely alienating, because I, I feel like we've done okay at this with our software. Again, you know, feel free to push back on this. Please do. Um, you go to our website and it like you, the very second section is like, please, look, what do you do? And it's like, are you a digital agency? Are you an accountant? Are you a mortgage broker? We chose like our best sort of segments. Um, and then people go to a, like a specific landing page for that. Because I know the reason I'm asking this is because a lot of people are kind of hesitant to choose a niche because, you know, you mentioned this before about potentially like, um, you know, not wanting to pick something because they're going to have to say no to people and that kind of thing. Where do you stand on that? Like, should they just go for one and just go all in? Can you have a few? I think if you have a few, you're shooting yourself in the foot because you can't put a hundred percent effort into it. Look, I think when we're trying to pick a niche, we look at our competitors, which is you know, a mistake. You literally go, oh, they're going after eight different people. So I need to. So like, for example, if we're going to create a social uh, technology to compete with Facebook, we would say, you know, hey, let's go after everyone. 
versus think about how Facebook started. And you should actually model how they started. They started after Harvard students and then Ivy League schools and then colleges and high schools and, and so on and so on. So you can build more niches over time once you master that, but you shouldn't do that, you know, when, um, you know, before you actually even get going. I'm so glad you said that because, yeah, that was kind of like that's a really good journey and a very good example with Facebook to you know how they started as, as something like so niche and then and then split up. Okay, so I'm lo- I'm looking at your blog post here about like when when you're ready to sort of once you've nailed this down, like the, going to the next step when you're ready to go to the next step. So how like what at what point are you ready to to sort of graduate to the next step of the journey? So once you define your niche or your offering, now you enter what I call kind of base camp. Um, and you'll know when you're there too, when you have a lack of leads. And really what you need to be working on is building that lead generation system. And then there's a number of different things that you need to do in order to get there, right? Like now we've defined your niche, but now we need to position ourselves in the right way. But we also need to make sure we position our offering in the right way as well, rather than pitching marriage right off the bat and saying like, Hey, buy my $5,000 a month retainer. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, what's, what's the first step then? I, like in my mind, it would be getting the offer right in because I mean, the offer yep. is the number one thing in any business, right? So you want to think about what is someone really struggle with and what can you actually help them with? I always look at what you should be doing if you were only going to be paid on performance only, what would be, what would you do? Because so many people are like, oh, I need to lead with this, boom, boom, boom. So if you think about, all right, so let's say you're really good at ranking people's websites on the first page of Google. Or if you go back to my time, like Excite, like Alta Vista, all the ones that are, <laughs> I don't even know if they're around anymore. Ask Jeeves. Uh, ask Jeeves. Oh yeah, that I remember Ask Jeeves. But um, so let's say you're really good at that. So then I would say, all right, well, what do we need to do in order to build trust and reduce risk at first? And I kind of look at like an offering ladder. So I have a concept I call kind of a foot in the door offer, something small that's low risk, easy for them to say yes, easy for you to show value. And then you can actually set them up to the next. Like, so for example, I worked with an SEO agency many years ago and they had a $5,000 a month retainer, sold it month to month. So they basically lose their clients after three months, which, or, or six months or something like that. Um, and I was like, well, that's a whole nother story why they were losing them. Um, but we'll talk about that maybe later. But I said, well, let's change your offer. Let's come up with a foot in the door. Let's come up with like a blueprint or a roadmap where, um, We'll charge 2,500 for it. And we'll say, there's three outcomes from this. You'll love the plan. You'll go execute it yourself. The second, which is the most common, you'll love the plan. You want us to do our, our, our magic. Third, you won't like our plan. We'll give you your money back. Now, there's, so there's no risk. So then what you're going to do in this foot in the door offer, or this blueprint, is you're going to walk them through like something high level to show them what they actually need to do. And then at the very end, you're going to say, do you like the plan? They're going to be like, yeah, because they feel like they built it. And then that's going to transition to a project in order to fix something that you already diagnosed. Mm. And then once they start getting results in the project, then you can transition to the retainer. So we did this. So we did $2,500 foot in the door. 
$15,000 project because we determined over three months or two months, it would take them to show value to the client. So we're like, great, let's take 5,000 times three, 15,000. And then we charged, and since they started seeing value, now we started charging the retainer at $87.50 every month for 12 months. So now every client they bring in is over 100K rather than 30K. <laughs> Love it. That's a big, yeah, big jump. Something you said there really uh, jumped out to me, and, and I think I think it would be hope, helpful for our audience. I just want to f- sort of bring it up again is that quote where you said, what would you do if you were paid on performance? I think that's really good because it, it makes you go like, what am I good at and what can I really help people with? Um, and yeah, I, th- I mean, that should get people's minds going, I feel. And and just a couple of examples of kind of how we did this in the past. And I think I stole the first idea from John Logar, who's an amazing um, like sales guy and does a lot with agencies, um, is basically trying to leverage like doing the first thing you do for someone is getting them a bunch of sales from their existing list, you know? So I remember going into like an e-commerce company and just doing like an email campaign because they never emailed their list, right? Or they- Yeah, the low hanging fruit. Yeah. And send like an email and make them like 10 grand in sales from like one little campaign that you charge like like something small for. And then it's like, (laughs) I love you forever. So that was a good strategy for us. And the other one was when we did software design, we'd always do a UX um, phase. So it's a paid, you know, design a few screens sort of thing. And it's, and it's the exact same as what you were talking about, where it's yep. like, you can take this to another developer once you've got the UX. You need to get the UX sorted first. Um, but if you like, you can take this somewhere else or you can get us to do it or you can go away afterwards. <laughs> you know, it was the same, same deal. So it's kind of cool to have that vindicated. All right. So actually, you've got a couple of other bits here of the base camp. So, you know, once we've got our offer, which I, I can't stress how important that is, because that's like the, you know, if you've got a crap offer, then no one's going to buy what, you, what you're putting down. So Correct. how do we do lead gen? What's, what, what are your favorite lead gen channels for agencies? I look at it as kind of a, a three-legged stool. And most people only live on, you know, maybe probably none, actually. They probably live <laughs> on referrals, which just isn't part of that stool. And if your business is based on word of mouth, you're depending on someone else and you really don't have a lead gen system. So I look at it as you should have an outbound strategy. Like how are we going to outreach like our top 100 people? And that's why it's real important to pick a niche. So then you can identify those people and reach out to them or see who you're connected to. The next is creating an inbound channel, doing something like we're doing a podcast. Podcast, you know, I started doing my podcast, the Smart Agency Masterclass, eight years ago. Um, it's been the number one thing that has driven the business and really helped out agency owners all over. So, thinking of like an inbound channel in order to get that. And then the last part is strategic partnerships. So, I did this at our agency where we became the best partner in the world for this content management system when that was just coming out or Microsoft um, with SharePoint and dynamic CRM that they had. And so we got tons of business from LegalZoom, Hitachi, whatever. So if one lever goes down or two levers go down, we still can at least balance for a little bit before you fall off the freaking stool. Um, But I like to have three. And so when you have those three and you're constantly generating consistent consistent leads ongoing. Now you're ready to, you know, move up to the next level. Okay. Uh, just quickly, before we get into that, uh, just a few examples. I, I don't know. I just like to give something sort of practical and, and just, cause I can relate to a few of these things, right? Cause we went through all this and, um, 
One thing with outbound, because I still do outbound with content snare, right? Even though it's a SaaS product, I had, and I think it's really important to create your, like you kind of mentioned it there, the dream hundred or just like your top 100 people you would like to work with. You know, this could be just people in your area. It doesn't have to be like, you know, Microsoft or something. And so, so I have a list of potential partners for content snare and all I like, I only reach out to like one or two like a day or when it when you know it's like a, re- a recurring daily task for me i go into the list i see who i haven't spoken to and i reach out to them and then i have another list and maybe i need to do a podcast or video on this because it's it's got a cool little system but i can sort of just tick off whoever i've spoken to in the last couple of days and then it resets them as like so so these are keeping in touch with our existing partners um so like you know a lot of people i think do this dream 100 and then are so 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 daunting you know, and it was for me. And, but that's now why I'm just like, you know what, as long as I reach out to a couple of them a week, even, you know, like you can start small. Um, I think that's just a really good place to start. Yeah. Or you can reach out to people that may know them, mm. right? Like I'm constantly, uh, Jeremy Weiss is in our mastermind and, and he runs rise 25. They do an amazing job on podcasting and, and that kind of stuff in the agency world. And he is connected to everyone. So a lot of times when I come up with my dream 100, I'll run it by him. And he'll be like, hold on a second. Let me see. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, he interviewed, um, what was the story he was telling me? He interviewed the guy with P90X, the founder of that. And he went to the very end. He goes, is there anybody I can connect you to? And he was like, and he named three. Um, And one of them was this baseball famous baseball player. Well, Jeremy was able to connect him. Oh, wow. So it's like, you never know the power of connecting these people. Oh yeah. That, I mean, that's a skill set in itself. I know people whose entire business is just connecting people, you know, and uh, I don't know how they make money off it. I'm sure there's deals in the background, but um, yeah, like you find as you meet more and more people, you can start doing those things. But um, a strategy I've used, like you mentioned there, finding out who can connect you with someone is, you know, just going on LinkedIn or Twitter and seeing like who's connected. Uh, and I've done this a few times, like last time I wanted to, there's a, someone in the accounting industry that they seem to be very hard to contact because there's no like contact form and all this sort of stuff. And, um, and I reached out to three people who were connected with uh, this person on Twitter. And because I knew, I knew that some of them wouldn't even know who they were, but one of them was really good friends with them. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, because because I knew these other three really well, I was just like, "Hey, this is a long shot, but do you actually know such and such?" And one of them was like, "Yeah, here's an intro," you know. So you can actually start leveraging those existing relationships um, pretty well. Um, Beautiful. Just on the other two, so we had inbound and strategic partnerships. I think inbound we've covered this so much in this podcast. I might link up to a few episodes in the show notes. I don't want to dig into that and take too much time. The strategic partnerships. I mean, we've spoken about this a bunch as well, but I just think that's such by far my actual favorite channel uh, for agencies. Cause uh, when we stopped our building websites, I remember it was probably 18 months of like leads that were coming in, even though I didn't tell anyone we did websites and took the fact we did websites off our website. Um, just cause we had strategic partnerships with like it companies, um, marketing agencies who didn't want to do websites, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it just kept coming in. And now once once we get into like automation work, you know, we still get leads from like Zapier and Integramat um, and like active campaign partner directories. Like these partnerships um, just continue to feed work. And obviously you can scale that up to more and more partners. Yeah. I mean, you know, we just started reaching out to like associations or publications, mm. technologies, conferences. 
Um, you know, a lot of people think with referrals and, and I know when I challenge my members, sometimes they go, well, I'll reach out to other agencies. I'm like, well, yeah, that, that works, but that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking more. And they were like, well, we do SEO. They do pay-per-click. I'm like, that works. And that's good. You should have that. But like, think about if you were the only agency for one particular service, or you became the best for that, you know, you could be so busy. But the one thing I will tell people is be very careful if all your business comes from one source, especially if it comes from like, let's say you're you, and this is a mistake when people build their agency, they keep getting referrals because they're so cheap from other agencies, but they don't realize what's happening. And I've had a member members do this. They'll, ref, they'll give a ton of work to a particular agency. They'll do really well. They'll start building a team around them. And then the agency says, I want to buy you. And then you say, oh, well, the price is this high. And you're like, uh-uh, it's this or nothing, or I take all my business away. So it's like a hot, you're like a hostage. So just be really careful about that. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, that is definitely a trap. But yeah, working with other agents. I mean, yeah, I I wouldn't, it definitely would not work with only, only agencies. I think IT companies are really good for us because everyone, everyone goes to IT people and it's like, can you help build me a website or whatever? And yep. yeah, that's that. And no IT company wants to do that. Um, all right. So that's uh the stage two hopefully um <laughs> this is gonna be a long podcast maybe but i think it's i think it's good and helpful but uh so yep. so you know we've got a good lead generation right what's the uh, system what's the next uh, step so so now that you're generating consistent leads on an ongoing basis you'll move up to what i call the climb right and what you're doing here is is now you need, you're not closing the right accounts you're closing a lot of accounts because you're getting a lot of leads but you're not closing the right ones that can actually make you profitable and get you to the next level. And you're probably doing all the sales yourself as an owner, which is a no-no. Um, because it's like, think about you go to a doctor, let's say he was the valet parker. He took, he gave you the forms, collected the forms, collected the payment. And then he goes in, right? Like discredited. <laughs> Same thing on the agency side. So what you need to do is build a sales system you know, sales system would be, I have a process for qualifying, making sure I'm talking to the right prospects. I have a process for doing um, the proposal that converts at a high percentage. I have a process for, um, you know, my sales reps or building my sales team for, uh, I have a process for onboard, all that kind of stuff. So you have this sales system and you know, when you graduate, when you're not doing all the sales, you can add color to the sale. That, that's what I always love doing. Like, dude, I sucked at the follow-up. I'd be like, here it is. You want it? And then I would never follow up because it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to follow up. I'm not going to beg. I don't need, yeah. I don't need your business. Even though I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I think a lot of agency uh, owners fall into that. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit here because I know what step four is and it's around like building out a team that can do the delivery. Uh, Cause I was reading through this earlier and I, I just wanted to ask it this question to you. Like, does do these two steps like do they have to be distinct? Because I'm like I'm wondering how you have like all these sales, you know, if you're building a sales team and you've got all these leads coming in, how do you deliver it if you if you like if you don't have the delivery system set up yet? It it really depends on the agency. Sometimes right. these two can flip, like you could build okay. the right team, but um, but you still want to have the right leads coming in and mm. you're closing in a high percentage. 
and you should be moving up level. You, you should never just be having your prices stay the same. Like you're constantly always raising your prices because there's going to be a lot of overhead. Now, a lot of people go, I'm doing so much now. I don't want to build more of my team because then I have a lot more and I'm managing everybody. Well, here's the deal. You should never have any more than four or five direct reports and no one should. And then you should have that structure. So then all you're doing, right? Like what we're trying to do is become the CEO rather than the owner. And if you do that, there's really five roles, four or five roles, set the vision of the agency and communicate it to the team all the time. Be the face of the organization. I know what people are thinking. Oh, I don't want to be the face. Then everybody wants me. Well, yeah, they want you, but they'll believe what you're doing and they'll do your team. Gary Vanderchuk is a great example with Banner Media. So poo-poo on, on, you, on your objection from that. <laughs> right? Understand the financials, coach and mentor your leadership team and build key relationships. Okay. So that's the five roles. And I'll tell you, when you actually achieve these roles, congratulations, you'll be depressed. I went through it because you'll go into a meeting, you'll go into meeting after meeting and people are like, no, I'm good. And you're like, fuck, man, no one needs me. Um, And I tell all of my agency owners that when they start going through this, I'm like, you're going to be depressed. Oh, I'll be happy. And then they'll come to me and be like, the agency doesn't need me. And then I'll pull out my little card, be like, I told you so. This is what you need to do now. And uh-huh. then they're really happy after. So I love that. Oh, yeah. I feel like that'll definitely be me. Like, well, I'm not at that point in the, in the SaaS product yet, but, um, you know, like we're trying to get there. And it's funny because it is the dream, right? Like on the outside, that seems like the dream to have only those five roles or whatever. And yeah. And then to get there and not be needed could be a big punch in the ego. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, we've spoken about creating a sales system now, I guess. Um, and we uh, talk about building the right team too. So like mm. the crux and the climb, it can go up or down. Um, it just, I think it's better if you're building this, like a sales system. And then I try to do the fulfillment rather than getting ready to get ready. Um, it just, they're very yeah. close together. You actually go through these stages quick. I guess it would depend a, a lot on like, you know, how many leads you're getting, how many good leads you're getting already and like whether you're able to deliver them. Exactly. Come into yeah. it. But so what, what would you say this is a typical first hire for an agency or like, like a, just quickly off the top of your head, what do you think the order? Well, it depends, it depends on the owner, right? Yeah. So you have to be self-aware. I'll, I'll channel my inner Gary V. <laughs> um, so if you're really good at sales, you should do sales and you should get someone in operations, like a project manager. Mm. If you, if you're really bad at sales and you're an introvert and you want to stay on the computer all the time, hire a salesperson and then you manage the project. Um, but eventually you need to stop managing the project, stop doing sales and really being the CEO. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So, because that was out, we went the other way. I was the, uh, I helped uh, hired a project manager first. Well, I guess a couple of, you know, implementation people first that reported to me and then, mm-hmm. um, because obviously I didn't want to do the implementation work myself and then the project manager. But okay, so let, let's move on. To, so the crux, you kind of mentioned that already. That's step four. Yep. So we got staging, base camp, climb, and crux. Now the next is the uh, crest, right? And that's kind of like when you're looking at the mountain, it's not the very top, but it's the really, it's really cool looking, <laughs> right? Like it's like, it's almost there. And so you're really struggling with scaling and finding the right talent. And so what you really need to be is really kind of, becoming the leader. And 
And what we need to do is really start building and recruiting a leadership team. We need to bring in a COO or an operations director. That saves a lot of time for you because you're, you know, you have a sales team, you have a delivery team, all these people are coming to you. And if you're like most agency owners, we're visionaries. We can come up with all the ideas, but we were forced to execute. And we usually kind of suck at executing or processes or structure SOPs, because if you want to get to a point where like, you know, our agency republics would buy you, you need to have systems in place. You need to have a team that works without you, especially if you want to be like, sayonara fuckers, you know, I'm out (laughs) and get a big check, you know, you know, it's just, you need to have all that. So the crest is all about becoming the leader of the organization. Right. So, so just to, we didn't spend a lot of time on the crocs there. So I just wanted to make sure it's clear that that's the hiring of a delivery team. Well, yeah, you're not working in the day-to-day operations anymore. Yeah. So, so like three was like sales, the climb, the salespeople, four was like the delivery team. And then five, the crest is the managerial team, the leadership team to handle basically everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And then the summit and, and not everybody wants to get to the summit. So like, and you can stay at any level you want. There's no right or wrong. But if you're wanting to sell, you need to at least get to the crest to get Which, something like substantial. And that's when you're um, only working on those five roles, right? That's what you consider the crest is like exactly. you're, you're the yep. CEO essentially and putting in leaders to manage yeah. everyone else. Like the yeah. view up there is amazing. Um, and people look and we're like, how'd you get up there? Right? Like if you're looking at a mountain, um, but if you really want to. Do you have any Go tips to- on the crest bit though? Like on, because I imagine that that's like, you know, we've kind of just sort of gleaned on that. Like, you know, oh, you got to hire a leadership team. Like I imagine that is super, super Very like, tough, intimidating for a lot of people. So that really goes to kind of the core values and really having a clear direction for where you want to go and why you want to do it. That's why core values are so important. That's why like my tons of friends are coming out with books around core values, or that's why Zappos did so really amazing, um, you know, with, you know, their core values of like deliver happiness, you know, same with Apple, like think different, you know, you know, or give tools to people that can change the world or whatever it is. I didn't, I've never worked for Apple, so I don't know. (laughs) That's why I'm butchering it. I'm unemployable too, so they would yeah, never hire me. <laughs> I think uh, the guy that uh, is does Brian. Do you know Brian Clark? He runs the. I don't. Used to be called the Unemployable Podcast, and he's in your neck of the woods. I think he's in Boulder. That's why I wondered oh, if that good. was. A, I wonder if that wondered if that was um, a little hat tip to him there. But <laughs> no, I've been fired from every job I've ever had. Yeah, um, so <laughs> I've, had, I've worked at fast food for a day. <laughs> yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um, Fair enough. I think I think there is definitely a big, you know, people who are entrepreneurial typically are in a whole other game than employees. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So so yeah, we've done the crest, which is you, you're at the CEO at that point, uh, and you're only working on the five roles, which again were setting the vision, coaching the leadership team, being the face of the agency, building key relationships, and understanding the finances. And like I think just by itself, that's a really cool like goal for people, you know, it's like, this is where I want to go to. So all the tasks that don't fall into those, that's what I need to yeah. put someone in and, place for. And just to let you know, like our, our agency, Solar Velocity, we never reached the summit. We reached the crest and sold. Mm. Oh, really? Right. So, so what's the summit then? 
The summit is really scaling your leadership team. You're growing your leaders, right? You get to a point where you can actually, um, and we just we did this with my longest term client Zach at Venvio. Um, when we first started working together, he was around three hundred thousand in revenue. Had to get like a loan from his parents, um, but he was so embarrassed. I was like, just keep going, man. Like, but he's gotten to a point where he's at the summit now. He doesn't want it. He could sell his agency for a ton of money, but he doesn't want to, but he transitioned to the chairman. So he doesn't make any of the day-to-day operations. He just helps grow the leaders and really scale that leadership team for bigger acquisitions or a public offering or whatever he wants. Right. So it's it's basically scaling. It's taking what you've got so far and trying to scale that up. Scaling the leadership team mm-hmm. and just making them amazing leaders. Right. Like they're like what we started to do at our agency, we started creating practice directors for the different niches that we had. And they started becoming like the mini CEOs. So we were really close, but we just never made it there. Yeah, right. But I mean, you know, it's up to you, like up to each individual yeah. agency owner. You don't need to make it there. You know, it's like the idea, you know, you might want to sell or you might want to just chill and let the let the team run. Yeah. I mean, like if I went to, you know, the Himalayas, like I'd probably be good at base camp at Everest. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like 17,000 feet? It's bigger than any mountain I've ever climbed in Colorado. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. depends on what mountain you're climbing. The other thing I'll tell you, a lot of times people think they're at the top of the mountain, but they may be at the top of a smaller mountain. <laughs> There's always a mountain behind them that's bigger and bigger. Um, so, so the false crest. Uh, it's like the what I remember learning about. False oh, the crest. false summit. Oh, yeah, that kills me every time. Like, <laughs> like, are we there yet? Like every yeah. Friday, I do. Um, me and uh, one of my buddies he has a, a pretty freedom job, like I do, and so we always do epic Fridays. And so we're always climbing mountains or doing something really epic. And like, we'll be climbing this. I'll be like, we're there. And then we'll be like, shit, it's a false summit. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of that in, in agency land too. <laughs> in business, there in is. business in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember learning about that back in the cadets days when I, when I was an Air Force cadets and the false crest. And it's like, and I always remember back to that lesson when I'm like on a hike and I'm like looking at the top and I'm going, Oh, no, no, no. That's probably a false crest. <laughs> it's not actually yeah. the top. Yeah, love it. All right, uh, Jason, I think, you know, there's obviously a whole lot of stuff here. I think we've we've covered it, you know, pretty well. And I hopefully, hopefully people have got some ideas out of it. But uh, if people want to sort of learn more about this, where can they go? Yeah, uh, just go to my website, jasonswank.com. It's jason and then s-w-e-n-k.com. Or you can do swank it. Uh, S-W-E-N-K dot it. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's good. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I love short domains. Uh, yeah. So, and just, uh, I'll put this link in the show notes as well um, to the six stages of scaling your digital agency faster blog post, which is the post that we've caught, co- like a lot of the information we've talked about is summarized in yeah. there. And there's a video of you going through all of this. Um, so I- I'd recommend checking that out. That'll be at um, agencyhighway.com slash... Uh, 146, 146. Uh, yeah. So, and I know you guys, you, you've got some other offerings that um, agency owners can take up um, if they want to go to the next stage and actually work with you, right? Yeah. So, but start at the website first, digest mm-hmm. the free content. Yeah. And then if you like the style, you like listen to the podcast, watch the 
the creepy videos I do. (laughs) (laughs) And then we can have a conversation. Yeah, sounds good. But yeah, definitely check out the podcast. I know you've been doing that for quite a long point, a long time at this point. Yeah. And congratulations to you for almost getting to the 200 mark. I mean, most people stop after 10. You're well, well over the hundred mark. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's, I don't know, like, I, I don't mind doing it. It's, it's, at some point, you know, this is what pro- power of process, right? Like it doesn't require a lot of my time. All I have to do is get on calls with people that I want to get on calls with and t- talk shit for however long. And then the rest of it kind of happens. So, you know, I think um, circling back a little bit to like inbound leads, I know, you know, some agencies start up um, start podcasts and I think it can, you know, if you can create processes around it and it's not that hard, honestly, if someone wants, if you're thinking about doing it, just drop me a note and I'll, I'll send you some of my resources on, on, um, you know, how to make a it's, podcast really it's easy. easy. It's yeah. really easy. I, I run a mastermind and do two pod or I launch two podcast episodes a week and I only work eight hours a week. So if I can do it in that time, mm. you know, there's no excuse for people. Um, and there's companies that can help. Like all you have to do is record it and then mm. give it to like use rise 25 or any resources that you have, like, mm. you know, go do that. There's yeah. no excuse. Like, yeah. and here's the other deal. I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll give you one last advice. If you're at, ever at a point where you're like, how do I do something? Like, I want to do this, but how do I do it? You're thinking of it wrong. You should think about who needs to do that. They should be the ones figuring out the how. That's the, how you scale. Oh, boom. I, I definitely need that medicine. I need <laughs> in my own business and content snare. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, Jason, well, I mean, Thank you very much. Uh, this has been super helpful. It's got me thinking and hopefully some uh, some of our audience have got some really good tips out of this. So thank you for joining the podcast. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, please just share it with one person. That's all I ask. If you think there's someone who'll get something out of this, maybe they're halfway through this, uh, this uh, journey of climbing the mountain, just share it with them and uh, I'll see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.